Chapter 16 of The Pony Rider Boys in Texas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brett Downey. The Pony Rider Boys in Texas by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter 16 A Brave Rescue. Save him, somebody! The fool's fallen overboard! roared the foreman. I can't let go this rope. Tad had not seen the cook take his plunge, so, for the moment, he did not realize what had happened. Who's overboard? young Butler demanded sharply. The cook, answered Stallings excitedly. Can't any of you slowpokes get busy and fish him out? Pong! cried Tad, as the head of the Chinaman appeared on the surface. Without an instant's hesitation, the lad leaped into his saddle. "'Yip!' he shouted to the pony, accentuating his command by a sharp blow with the quirt. The pony leaped forward. "'Here! He's not up there! He's in the river, I tell you!' shouted the foreman. Tad had driven his mount straight up the bank behind them. He paid no attention to the warning of the foreman, having already mapped out his own plan of action. Reaching the top of the sloping bank, Tad pulled his pony to the right and dashed along the bluff, headed down the river. "'Watch your lines, or you'll have the wagon overboard, too,' he called back. "'I'll get Pong out.' Bigfoot Sanders scratched his head reflectively. "'Ain't the Pinto the original whirlwind, though?' he grinned. "'I never did see the like of him now. He'll get that heathen out while we are standing here trying to make up our minds what to do.' "'Yes, but I'm afraid the Chinaman will drown before Tad gets to him,' said the foreman, with a shake of his head. "'Here!' Don't let go this rope while you are staring at the kid. I can't hold it alone. Tad drove his pony to its utmost speed until he had reached a point some little distance below where the head of the Chinaman had last been seen. All at once the lad turned sharply, the supple-limbed pony taking the bank in a cat-like leap, landing in the water with a splash. Tad kept his saddle until the pony's feet no longer touched the bottom. Then he dropped off, clinging to the mane with one hand. The cook was nowhere to be seen, but Tad was sure he had headed him off and was watching the water above him with keen eyes. "'There he is below you!' shouted a voice on the shore. "'Look out! You'll lose him!' Tad turned at the same instant, giving the pony's neck a sharp slap to indicate that he wanted the animal to turn with him. The lad saw the Chinaman's head above the water. Evidently, the latter was now making a desperate effort to keep it there, for his hands were beating the water frantically. "'Keep your hands and feet going, and hold your breath!' roared Tad. "'I'll be—' But before he could add, "'There,' the lad suddenly discovered that there was something wrong with his pony. It was the latter which was now beating the water and squealing with fear. One of the animal's hind hoofs raked Tad's leg, pounding it painfully. Tad released his hold of the mane and grasped the rein. Throwing up its head, uttering a snort, the pony sank out of sight, carrying its master under. Tad quickly let go the reins and kicked himself to the surface. The pony was gone. What had caused its sudden sinking, the lad could not imagine. There was no time to speculate, not an instant to lose if he were to rescue the drowning cook. Throwing himself forward, headed downstream, Tad struck out with long, overhand strokes for the Chinaman. Going so much faster than the current, the boy rapidly gained on the victim. Yet, just as he was almost within reach of Pong, 
the latter threw up his hands and went down. Tad dived instantly. The swollen stream was so muddy that he could see nothing below the surface. His groping hands grasped nothing except the muddy water. The lad propelled himself to the surface, shaking the water from his eyes. There before him he saw the long, yellow arms of the Chinaman protruding above the surface of the river. This time Tad was determined that the cook should not escape him. Tad made a long, curving dive not unlike that of a porpoise. This time the lad's hands reached the drowning man. The long, yellow arms twined themselves about the boy, and Tad felt himself going down. With rare presence of mind, the boy held his breath, making no effort to wrench himself free of the Chinaman's grip. He knew it would be effort wasted, and besides, he preferred to save his strength until he reached the surface once more. Half a dozen cowpunchers had plunged their ponies into the river and were swimming toward the spot where Tad had been seen to go down, while the foreman was shouting frantic orders at them. The wagon had been ferried to the other side, and Stallings had run to his pony, on which he was now dashing madly along the river bank. "'Look out that you don't run them down!' he roared. "'Keep your wits about you!' "'They're both down already!' shouted a cowboy in reply. "'We'll lose the whole outfit at this rate!' growled another. Yet not a man was there, unless perhaps it may have been Lumpy Bates, who would not have risked his own life freely to save that of the plucky lad. After going down a few feet, Tad began treading water with all his might. This checked their downward course, and in a second or so he had the satisfaction of realizing that they were slowly rising. The current, however, was forcing them up at an angle. This, to a certain extent, worked to the boy's advantage, for the Chinaman was underneath him, thus giving Tad more freedom than had their positions been reversed. "'There they are!' cried Bigfoot Sanders as the Chinaman and his would-be rescuer popped into sight. "'Go after them!' commanded Stallings. Urging their ponies forward by beating them with their quirts, the cowboys made desperate efforts to reach the two. Tad managed to free one arm which he held above his head. "'The rope! He wants the rope! Rope him, you idiots!' bellowed the foreman. Bigfoot made a cast. However, from his position in the water, he could not make an accurate throw, and the rope fell short. Tad saw it. He was struggling furiously now, ducking and parrying the sweep of that long yellow arm with which Pong sought to grasp him. A quick eddy caught the pair and swept them out into the center of the stream, around a bend where they were caught by the full force of the current. This left their pursuers yards and yards to the rear. Tad saw that they would both drown if he did not resort to desperate measures. Drawing back his arm, the lad drove a blow straight at Pong's head, but a swirl of the current destroyed the boy's aim, and his fist barely grazed the cheek of the Chinaman. Quick as a flash, Tad Butler launched another blow. This time the Chinaman's head was jolted backwards, Tad's fist having landed squarely on the point of the fellow's jaw. But Pong was still struggling, and the lad completed his work by delivering another blow in the same place. "'I hope I haven't hurt him,' gasped the boy." Tad threw himself over on his back, breathing heavily and well-nigh exhausted. He kept a firm grip on the cook, however, supporting and keeping the latter's head above water by resting the Chinaman's neck on his arms as they floated with the current. In the meantime, Stallings was dashing along the bank, roaring out his orders to the cowboys, calling them ashore and driving them in further down. Yet each time it seemed as though the floating pair drifted farther and farther away. But Tad Butler was still cool. Now that he was getting his strength back, he began slowly to kick himself in toward the shore, aiding in the process by long windmill strokes of his free arm. 
he did not make the mistake of heading directly for the shore, but sought to make it by a long tack, moving half with the current and half against it. The lad had made up his mind that the cowboys would never reach them, and that what was to be done must be done by himself. "'Can you make it?' called Stallings. "'Yes, but have someone. On the other side, toss me a rope. As soon as possible. I don't know whether Pong is done for or not,' answered the boy in short breaths. Stallings plunged his pony into the current and swam for the other side. Reaching there, he galloped at full speed towards the point for which Tad seemed to be aiming. The foreman rode into the water until it was up to his saddle, and where the pony was obliged to hold its head high to avoid drowning. There the foreman waited until the lad had gotten within roping distance. "'Turn in a little,' directed Stallings. "'You'll hit that eddy and land out in the middle if you don't.' A moment more, and the foreman's lariat slipped away from the circle it had formed above his head. Tad held an arm aloft, and the loop dropped neatly over it. Stallings pulled it, and Tad grasped the rope after the loop had tightened about his arm. "'Haul away!' he directed. The foreman turned his pony about and slowly towed the cook and boy ashore. The cowboys, observing that Tad was being hauled in, headed for the shore. Reaching it, they put spurs to their ponies and came down to the scene at a smashing gait. Leaping off, they sprang into the water, picking up Tad and the Chinaman and staggering ashore with them. The lad was pale and shivering. They laid him down on the bank, but Tad quickly pulled himself to his feet. "'I must look after Pong,' he said. "'You let the heathen alone,' growled Bigfoot Sanders. "'Us tenderfeet'll look after him. That's what we are, a bunch of rank tenderfeet. You're the only seasoned, all-around, dyed-in-the-wool, genuine cowpuncher in the whole outfit. That's the truth.' Tad smiled as he hurried to where the foreman was working over the unconscious cook. "'Is he dead?' asked the lad apprehensively. "'Dead, huh?' grunted Curly Adams. "'Heathen Chinese don't die as easy as that.' After a few minutes the cook went off into a paroxysm of choking and coughing. Then he opened his eyes. Chunky Brown was standing near, blinking down wisely into the yellow face of Pong. "'You fell in, didn't you?' he asked solemnly. "'Alisemi,' grinned the yellow man weakly. End of chapter 16 Recording by Brett Downey